0: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
1: Throws the fade, back shoulder. Cooper Pupps
2: got it! Here comes Donald, and he spins throw around and then tried to throw it away. Rings
1: for the Rams, a Lombardi trophy for los angeles i dreamed this and it's like it's surreal look at this world champs baby from the rich eisen show
0: studio in los angeles today's guests super bowl champion quarterback trent tilfer plus your phone calls overreaction monday and more and now it's Sir Rich
3: Eisen.
2: Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show post Super Bowl Fifty Six is on the air from Los Angeles, California. There is a new champion in the National Football League, and it is the Los Angeles Rams. And two members of their season ticket holders were very excited to uh, celebrate the fact that they have got a Super Bowl team to make their tickets more valuable to sell on the secondary ticket market are Chris Brockman and a man who loves the Rams so much he actually left Super Bowl 56 prior to the (laughs) game-winning drive last night to beat the traffic, Mike Del Tufo. Is there anything more Los Angeles than wearing a Rams hat on television after saying, you know what, I'm just going to leave now because I want to beat the traffic. Oh, my God.
4: I'm not gonna. It's called welcome a to the Rich Eisen show. It's the Dodgers exit. Hour <laughs> two. I, that, you well, right. I made up. I made up a new term. It's called the Dodgers exit. No, I, I, it's <laughs> a very Los
2: Angeles. There's thing a to French do. exit. No, there's yes, a Dodgers I don't, exit. I don't. I don't. I don't, I mean, I don't blame you for no, no, wanting no, no. to do, because the traffic in this town is bad enough in the Real. Super Bowl. <laughs> and I know we well, made so much. We made so much throughout the week that the Los Angeles area absorbed the Super Bowl. So many Super Bowl towns get transformed by the game. But L.A. is so large enough and vast enough that it, it absorbs it. But the traffic over the weekend got to be insane. Oh, there, nice. You could tell there were a lot of people in this town that normally aren't here. Right. And parties were everywhere and traffic was everywhere. And it was insane. And I can imagine how bad it would be to get out of the game, you know, um, if, you, if you actually stuck around. Because, you know, I did state in the end. Having a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. And just to say it was funny. Susie texts me during the game because you can't hear each other five seats away. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So It's loud. So so loud. she texts me, are you okay? Because, you know, I woke up, I had a 3.30 a.m. wake up and yeah. all of that business, yeah. eight and a half hours of television. Right around mid-third quarter, I hit a wall, man. And I guess I must have had that thousand-yard stare. And so she texts me, are you okay? And she goes, do you want to leave? Thinking that maybe I'm, I'm like, I can't even, you know, you know, stick it out. And Cooper, who's to my left, sees a text from mom say, "Do you want to leave?" He lost his mind. <laughs> He's like, "Leave!" He 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 looked at me. He goes, "That's what he said." He goes, "Leave!" And then he leans over to Susie and he says, "We're not leaving like that. Like we're not leaving like that." And yeah, she and she kind of's like, "I get it. Like, hey, I'm just just checking on your dad. You know, like." Del Tufo though was traveling solo, right? You were solo I, last night. I was night? solo,
4: and my guy that was coming to get me had to get another person. So I kind of because I went last minute, so I wanted to get out quick. Hey, Mike, look, just <sighs> own your decision. I mean, I've been to a million Super Bowls. You've oh been Super oh, oh my god! Oh I mean, there's only oh there's only gosh. been fifty six, and he's fifty five, so I don't so think he's, that's been a he's been all of them. Don't don't he's been all of them. Don't you forget. Th- he was at Super Bowl 1. I actually I did the coin flip for Super Bowl 1. It did work.
2: Right? Man. Yeah, the coin flip. I'm the kidding. Frozen Tundra Look at of Field. Look at you with your hat on and everything. Jesus, I
4: got
1: my champion hat. The
4: hat is coming. Somebody got me one from the field. Yeah,
2: let's let's be let's be totally straight honest though Thanks. with everybody in our audience cuz we're honest, right? We're honest. Okay. <laughs> let's be straight up honest with everybody here. You sold the tickets you had the right to actually buy at a higher market and got Cheaper tickets. I was gonna right? work yesterday. You actually, you actually got. You made, you made, you made yesterday. a killing. You made a killing on Super and Bowl Fifty Six, right? NFC
4: championship. No, no, no. I know that. He should be the one you're pointing the finger. No, at. he didn't. No, no, no. What are he you been, talking about. I didn't have Super Bowl tickets. He didn't no. have Super no. Bowl tickets.
2: He didn't. He, no, 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 no. But he didn't have. I mean, no, He, I had Super he Bowl doesn't. Games. He doesn't buy in at the rate. The PSL at the rate like yeah, Mister. Exactly. I have a boat and an Apple stock from like 1955. As you know.
4: No, I mean it's it's. And he's
2: actually got a child now. Who came over to Cooper's birthday party on Saturday?
3: Man, I can't be taken off. Right. To go to
2: Super but at any rate, congratulations, you two guys. Hey, hey TJ Jefferson, how are you? <laughs> I'm, here, man. Hey, I'm, so I'm here. Behind the velvet
4: rope. Hoop.
2: Hey, do you know who's on the show at this very time tomorrow? Is your head coach, Mike McCarthy? Yeah, He's us on this program. He slated to join us.
3: Man, I've yeah. got so many questions.
2: I do too. <laughs> well, we're going to cut your mic off. No, 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 okay. no, no, that. no. no. Uh, let's take some phone calls. Trent Dilfer is going to join us in about uh, 15 minutes time right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, let's go to um, Angel in Los Angeles. You're right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Angel?
0: Hey, hey, Rich. Rich, I got to say, I just started listening to your show two weeks ago. Hey. Fantastic find. I don't you. know why I waited so long to listen to it. Yeah, you really
2: know what? So I was going to ask you that question, but <laughs> the bottom, bottom line is better
4: late than never. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, thank Rich, you. Can we ask Angel what show he was listening to no, before? No, 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 no. no, no, I'm not
2: do no. Why no, do you want to give I him... that to Rich? No. I just want
4: to kick dirt right. on them because they lost Angel to us. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's. Oh, this, yeah. Yeah, this is out of spite. You're saying. Oh yeah, for sure. No, no. no but doubt. No doubt. But, you know what? Let's hey, be above it.
0: <laughs> I really shouldn't be listening to your show, and let me tell you why. Let me... Okay, so yeah? I drove from Los Angeles to the draft when it was in Philadelphia, right? And I, sat front, and I sat front row of the fan section, right? Okay. And you're, and this might be because you just didn't hear me. <laughs> you're walking about two feet from me, and I'm screaming, like, rich, rich. I'm, really, like, I'm a huge, you know, NFL Network fan, NFL fan. Okay. And you look at me, give me kind of a half nod thing, keep walking. I'm like, this rich, I think that's a jerk. Then I find your podcast, I'm like, oh, he's, he's delightful, never mind. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll watch his show
2: up now. <laughs> <laughs> so you think I shined you off?
0: Uh well it was like, okay. Uh, do you, do you re- remember how that setup was? Like the fans are right in the front. Yes. Uh, if you stand up for eight hours, which I totally
1: did. You're behind, and
2: but you we were have- about, you were not in the draft hall. You were in the open air part behind our yeah, set. Yeah. Okay.
1: I was right.
2: Oh, up, I remember you. Against- I, yeah, I totally shined you off. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway. Yes. Anyways, uh,
0: <laughs> um, in the Super Bowl, right? A bunch of legends that just got you know the first ring, Stafford you know Whitworth and you know right but where does Von Miller rank now with his second Super Bowl ring two sacks in Super Bowl where does he rank I thought like he's
1: getting Hall of Fame
0: overshined where he's Hall he of Fame for you as far as all time
2: well he, he's getting overshined because Aaron Donald is is a ram since since drafting and he just got here Von Miller and um yeah uh, but he's a Hall of Famer I mean that's a you know, like that's like, it. He's gonna have rank, it. See, like, a top five Bottom line is it, I don't know. I mean, um, let's see how much more he can do. I think he clearly has a lot <laughs> left in the tank. You know, and yeah, but and, and like, no one's talked about him. Like,
0: you know, I mean I mean obviously everyone's you know, Stafford, Rackley, So and Darnold. but why is Vaughn not getting the love? I feel like he's not getting the love.
4: I, Vaughn I, had his time. I know, guess so.
2: It. I don't know. Maybe he definitely got the love on it was Super Bowl Fifty. And and thanks for the call, Angel. And let's let's yeah, yeah. let's hang out more. Let's hang out more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely not. Don't uh, forget about us, Angel. <laughs> Take care, Angel. Thank you. Care, Angel. But Vaughn got that run in Super Bowl Fifty because he was Denver's, right? Yeah, he was yeah. Denver, He was Elway's first draft choice. Right.
4: And it was right? you know, the number and,
2: two pick. In and he Super got a game. lot of. He got the MVP of a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning said adios to the NFL. Yeah.
4: Wow. So, Vaughn's no, been, no, been given take his flowers. Vaughn's been <laughs> given his flowers. No, already, uh, so,
2: uh, uh, so, yeah. I'm all I'm saying is that Manning, Manning needed to do a little bit more than what he did, and he would have won the MVP of that Super Bowl, no matter how many sacks Von Miller had come up with.
3: Right. And Manning didn't do much. And no, I know that. Well, well over, as you know, towards okay, the end yeah. of it, that's
2: why he retired. Yeah. Like, it was the end of his run. Yeah. But, man, a oh man. I mean...
3: Von Miller was a monster. Aaron Donald was a monster. Well, that Aaron Donald is the just, Rams
2: monster. And, 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 and it, and it also like may that. wind up that Aaron Donald's discussed amongst the the ranks of uh Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White, White you know, when it is all said and done. Just, just, just hold on a second. No, right? no, 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 I know that. I know I'm we've got overreaction on. Monday coming up in hour three. But when it's all when it's all said and done, you know, uh he he could wind up in that conversation. The question is, is Is it all said and done now anyway? And you could knock me over with a proverbial feather that when I started diving into Super Bowl 56 coverage when I got home, because again, I was on the air for eight and a half hours, and then at the stadium, I did not hear a lick of NBC's Sorry Peacock um, coverage that Rodney Harrison had said on the pregame show that he'd spoken to Aaron Donald, who's thinking of retiring if they win the Super Bowl. And then I thought to myself, all right, let's see what Aaron Donald's got to say. And then Aaron Donald spoke about it
4: and didn't dismiss it. He didn't, like, shoot it down. is what he had to say. I'm just I'm just in a moment right now. I'm going to join this with my family. I got my kid. I promised my daughter this when she was five years old. They're playing the confetti. She got to do that today. Was that fun? So, nice. um, I'm just in the moment right now. I'm going to enjoy this with my teammates, um, my family. Um, and I'm just going to be in the moment and, 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 and enjoy this today. For a couple days, how about that? Um, so, um, it's a blessing.
2: And then his daughter's standing there next to him with confetti in her hand. Like, she, like he promised her to play in confetti. She gets to do it. And then she's at the podium with Dad holding it. Like, she, <laughs> she won't give it up. She's just going to hang on to it. And I love that stuff. It gets you emotional when you see that. And, you know, I, I can't, you know, leaving that child to go to practice and all that stuff. And, you know, again, there's a human element to this thing that you have to factor in and um, not being around. But he's 30. Les need after the game, said he had heard that and he said, quote, unquote, I'm not buying it is what he said. Now, when I heard that, I took that to mean that he knows how much of a competitor Aaron Donald is and he's not ready to walk away with. You can't even say he's got stuff left in the tank. He's got a Ferrari still, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's truly the best defensive player in in the game today. And that's knowing T.J. Watt won Defensive Player of the Year award, deservingly so because of his circumstances and his story and the fact that this guy's already got three. He's called game. How many times he called game this year for this team? We 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 just off the top of our head, three right against Arizona in the regular season. When they got, by the way, they needed that in order to leapfrog Arizona and get into the uh, pole position in the division that they eventually won against the Niners. He 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 just went straight at Jimmy G when this game was on the line, right? Jimmy G, yeah. And then and then last night in the Super Bowl. In addition to coming up with a sack to keep it a one-score game after Momentum had clearly put on a Tiger pattern, you know? I, d- I, didn't
3: he hit Kyler in the end zone, too, to force that weird pick six in the first playoff game? He he, he Yeah.
2: Uh, was that him?
3: I, I can't remember. I don't know. I feel like it, it looked it exactly was, like the Burrow play. He
2: also, night. again, he also hit Burrow so hard on the sideline yesterday. I think that kind of... Woke everybody up too before the SAT. Like it was kind of like this is on, folks. Like this is now DEFCON one. You know, you gotta get the president on the horn. I'm using a war games reference, everybody. I know it's old, but so am I, I guess.
3: Uh Odell but, update Rich. Yeah. Uh, Ian Rapport saying uh per source It's an ACL po- believed right? to have
2: torn his ACL. Yeah, and night. and so I mean yeah, this is part forever. of what happened last night too here. He's going off two catches, 52 yards, and a score. And he's unguardable. And that changed the momentum. And Aaron Donald changed it right back. It took a while for Stafford and Cup to cash it in. So uh, here's what I hope. I hope it's just a guy who's just thinking about how long the year was. COVID can just mess with a whole bunch of people, as we know. I'm just hoping that um, he sticks around because if he does walk away, that changes a huge dynamic of how good this team can be in a title defense. I mean, I know they you know, they might have a problem getting all everyone under the cap and him departing might help with that, but <laughs> Robert Woods please. will be back too. You gotta no, He's dude, this guy though, this guy is beyond and Warren Sapson studio tomorrow and I just want to hear him talk on it because obviously he's played the position he knows what Donald is and does and he's 99 himself but he is he is the guy that doesn't show up on the stat sheet and changes everything He's that guy. Right, When he's getting double. When Sean <laughs> Robinson sacks somebody, yeah. just look at the film and see what happened. Yeah. And we- I'm not saying that Sean Robinson can't sack somebody. I'm just using him as an example of somebody else who's not mentioned on that line. And Vaughn and Leonard Floyd can affect that too. Yeah. But if you have those guys there and you can game 99 into single blocking...
4: I don't think anyone would ever do that. <laughs> but,
2: but, it, but it happens. Like, you can mess with the, the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kurt Warner was showing some great ecto footage on, on the eight and a half hours yesterday of how they can move people around, and you think they're going to do one thing, and all of a sudden, your protection scheme winds up because of what games the Rams are playing with 99 having yeah. only one guy blocking him, and that's a problem.
4: Yeah, that's not good.
2: And they knew last night. It's fourth, and fourth, fourth down. When they call a pass play... they knew (laughs) one guy that you had to put more than one guy on and he just bum rushed i hope he doesn't retire just for the sake of the rams and also, for our sake, watching a guy like this, this is, honestly, if he keeps going and he keeps doing this year after year after year, he wins another Defensive Player of the Year award, and he does get another ring, we are going to be talking about right, him we're like, we're, dude, we're talking to him about LT, and we're talking about Reggie White, you name any defensive player that you think is a goat and this guy's in that mix and he has that opportunity and you could say if he does that right now he's retired but there's still arguments to be had and I don't know if he cares about that sort of thing it won't matter if he wants to be with his family and he thinks yeah. he's generationally wealthy enough but there's another contract coming for him at some point and it's going to come and it's going to be insane So hopefully he takes the time, but he did not give you the, you get out of here with that talk. He He gave you that conversation of like, stay tuned for my podcast with Jim Gray next week. (laughs) Or I'll come on the Rich Eisen show. (laughs) uh, Well, that's, that's the obvious.
4: By the way, did you guys happen to see the Disneyland commercial? I did not see no. that. It's Who so amazing. Who was it? Stafford,
2: oh, Just Stafford. Dol- just oh. just stay, hang on with oh, that cock, okay. with, right. with with commercials okay. and halftimes and all that business, because we've got right. Trent Dilfer we got to get to and more phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere, but I want to tell you about my friends at, at Callaway Rogue. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be the Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more speed off-center on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. It's so good. Brockman's like, when is it coming here so I can steal it? Uh, Yep. Uh Most golfers (laughs) will fit into the Max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. Uh, But there's also Max D, Uh Oh, Uh -oh, no, no, not as Uh indeed. They're dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. Now, if you need something uh, with more low spin, there's max LS. But for the true players out there, there's the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS, the compact low spin head that the tour players love. Callaway has gone through every aspect of speed. So all you have to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. More of your phone calls, but we're taking the phone call of Trent Dilfer when we come back on the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen show. So, uh, where'd you watch the game? You were at home.
3: Yeah, just okay. at home. Just uh, made some stuff on the grill, and what'd you make? I made some uh, spicy barbecue wings. Cool. Little uh, Sarah made smash burgers, and uh, what are those? Buffalo just like really thin hamburgers, kind of the smash, and you kind of just like make it all flat. They're delicious.
2: But they go, they go, they go fast, though, right? They go
3: down smooth.
2: You go back, TJ. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. TJ got some tea during we'll the Buffalo chicken break. dip. Let's see. What else do we have? TJ's about to sip some tea, guys. He's sipping. He's a, he's a tea well,
3: sipper. He, probably because there's a lot of video now of James Harden at Sixers practice. <laughs> when does <laughs> he
4: start? When is he playing? He's not going to play.
3: He's not coming back till after the All-Star break.
4: Still rehabbing his yeah. hamstring. Huh. Wait a minute! Put some I,
3: video with him and gear and who's get, got Harden in our league?
2: Up? Who's got Harden in our league? In which I'm oh, no. almost in first place yeah, now. Beat the bag out of me this week, dude! Man, who's got Harden? Uh, I stomped a mud hole in. Uh, I don't know who has Harden. Somebody, somebody this week. Who's got Harden? Uh, am I going against? Oh gosh, yes. Who's got him? Oh, the guy I'm going against, our call screener Adam. <laughs> hey Brockman, Adam.
4: I noticed that Sarah posted a picture of, like some football brownies? Oh, yeah, or? she made these Did like you football bring? Brownies. you happen to bring any in? I was gonna like tell her to, you know, send one in with you. But I don't
3: know why you didn't hit me up last night. Man, I know. I think they went to Cage's
2: school.
4: <laughs> Ooh, right. the kids get... It's, it's Valentine's Day. Day. You gotta bring stuff that's for right. other kids. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I never had a Valentine.
2: What are you talking about? You are married, you <laughs> idiot. Well, that's why he's not married anymore. If he considers his ex-wife never what? a Valentine, what? Rich, I, I, I was at the very exclusive. I'm, 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 I'm just putting
4: two and two together. You guys are learn. Sorry, TJ. I said I was at the very exclusive Super Bowl party last oh, night. Whoa, oh, yeah. is, is that? Now, it was your house. It's party of one. Ah. Oh, no, why wouldn't Ashton didn't invite you over? I, he was going to his neighbor's house, and oh, that's I didn't. Awkward. I didn't. Really, you know, I was like, okay. I, I can where kick was, up my where, shoes. Where and, was Demi last night? She wasn't I watching a I don't know, man. She, she was actually. Me. She actually was at oh, the whoa. game. Okay, I think she right. went for the halftime show, and then apparently I saw her Wilmer? Instagram. Wilmer didn't have anybody over. He probably. Yeah, he did. I just chose, uh. I chose to stay home, man. Oh my goodness, because you know? I don't like. I don't like a lot of talking during games. I like to be able to focus. Re, you know, rewind if I want to rewind, kind of stuff. How do you play? Can't we should, do that. at a Should party. we have DJ's top
2: five be his his most famous friends? DJ's <laughs> top five most famous friends? Because I just named three of them. Right. By the way, the number one. Well, who's the number one spot? Oh, <laughs> no, you can't it's see Ashton. That. Come on, Come now. Like, don't even put him in that yeah, position. Uh, Everybody else know. knows it too. They're which just, is why Wilmer didn't invite him over. Is it? I was it. By the way, LeBron now it's Drew. Me now yesterday. it's Drew Carey.
4: LeBron <laughs> walked past me. Oh, really? He's gigantic. Oh, good. It's the way, great information. Wow. Super information. Thanks, Mike. Oh, okay, Gig- right He's very big.
2: Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, 844-204-RICH, number to dial uh, on our program. As I mentioned before, there's now 34 individuals on planet Earth, or used to be on planet Earth, ever walked the Earth, let's put it that way, who have won a Super Bowl at quarterback. This guy is one of them. Uh, he is the winner of Super Bowl 35, and I just love talking to him. And he joins us right now on the Mercedes-Benz van's phone line uh, to hash up Super Bowl 56. The winner of Super Bowl 35, Trent Dilfer. How are you, Trent?
1: That
5: was a lot of hair ago, Rich. <laughs> you and me both, sir. Years ago, I saw some pictures this week, some videos, and I had I was holding on for dear life for my hair. You and me both, sir. You and me both. Bad
2: hair years. You and me both, sir. There was the the word of the day was Rogaine. You know, (laughs) I haven't heard that word in a while, but that's the word that that was the phrase that pays back in the day. (laughs) Amen. You know. Okay, so uh, I will just say, what did you think of the game last night? What do you think of that?
5: (sighs) My big takeaways, and we can get into this. Mm -hmm. um, Sean McVay with one of his greatest one of the all-time greatest coaching performances if you look at it year long um, that I've seen. We can go into that. And then the game kind of summed up a lot of how I thought it would unfold. Bengals could do hardly anything offensively. Really, their whole offense was two plays in the passing game, um, both kind of chuck and ducks, one that should have been called back, and a decently solid run game. Um, but not much there in the passing game besides the two plays. Uh, dominant defensive line performance by the Rams. And, and then really the big takeaway was the two best players on the field playing their best when it mattered the most, Cup and Stafford. And I, I think that was um, really the, the sign-off, the drop-the-mic moment of the Super Bowl was Stafford, who had struggled from the interception, the end zone, and his first five possessions in the second half really until that drive where him and cup just kind of willed it and mcVeigh gave him the the keys of the car and they finished the deal
2: six and a half minutes to go needing 78 yards and uh and and a touchdown and that's what they wound up doing leaving some time left on the clock but um, you know cup on that drive, the fourth and uh, short run um, yep. with the whole stadium had there. I mean, I was in that spot that the whole stadium held its collective breath uh, on that one, and then obviously th- the throw to Cup over the middle, uh, over outstretched arms. What a dynamite dart by Stafford, and then and then the game winner. The 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 drive itself. You mentioned about the the mcveigh game plan for changing up i I mean they had to change it up in the middle the minute that odell went down right i mean that changed everything it seemed to me
5: in the game really did um no i thought it was a little overblown on the telecast that you know stafford didn't have any weapons He still had cooper cup um you know it, it wasn't like he was left out there naked. Uh, I I think the Rams did a really good job, McVay, especially the play caller. Um, Kevin O'Connell probably had something to do with this as well. In between series when they were struggling, because they really struggled there for, I think it was five or six possessions in a row, um, trying to find a way, how do you call plays or move cup around so he's the primary on every play down the stretch? It's not as easy as you think. Um, I think, I, I, I went back, here's what hit my brain. Um, Nick Saban tells this great story. Uh, one of the greatest lessons he learned in football was when he was playing high school football and they won a championship and their best player got the, got the ball in the biggest moment of the season. And he always, His takeaway from that was players over plays. Uh, and you have to get your best player the ball in critical moments. And I can see, I bet you Sean McVay and Kevin O'Connell have heard the same interview. And they're like, hey, down the stretch here, we have to find a way that Cup touches the ball on almost every play. And to create some of that stuff on the sideline, I bet you some of that stuff was not in the game plan. It wasn't like they had, they had repped it during the week. Uh, it was probably stuff that they put in on the sideline and, and made adjustments. And then Stafford has the ability, the, the connection with Cup to get him the ball in some really tight windows. Uh, I thought it was crazy how the game's won. I mean, you quarterback sneak it on first down from the one and yeah. a half, one one-and-a-quarter, and then you throw a fade. I mean, that's not a play sequence that you see very often. Quarterback sneak, fade. Like, that, it's usually quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak, then fade on fourth down. So I just think McVeigh at some point, and I haven't talked to him, but he, at some point in that game, him and Kevin got on the phones. They're like, listen, this thing comes down to those two guys making plays, and we have to find a way – let them do it.
2: Trent Dilfer here on the Rich Eisen Show, Super Bowl 35 champion, beyond the X's and O's podcast as well, to go inside this man's outstanding football brain right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What did you make of the officiating and the the, uh, the flags that came out at the very end after 58 minutes of hardly seeing one on the yeah. field?
5: You know, outside the egregious miscall on the long touchdown, that was. Um, besides that, I liked how it was officiated. They let him play and the people are saying well, why don 't you let him play down the stretch I mean some of those i mean those were those were bad calls too the whole The, the one that they said there wasn 't much there uh, across the middle on Cup the middle backer fifty five holds yeah. him. You can see him hold his waist and pull him back i mean when the, when there 's an effort to hold the player from getting where he needs to get i mean that has to be called especially in the tight red and that's the other thing fans need to understand the closer you get in the red zone the closer the refs are to all these plays so they have a better view of them so uh, I had no problem with the officiating outside of the one call, that, the, the no call when Ramsey gets his face mask twist. I mean, fans are always going to complain about that stuff. I get it. Players do too. Coaches do. But at the end of the day, looking at it from a 60-minute game, I thought it was pretty well officiated.
2: Trent Dilfer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so what do you, how do you think Stafford's feeling this morning? What's that
5: feeling like? Trent. Obviously fulfilled. Uh, I tell people all the time, I think you can talk to most quarterbacks that win this game. It's more of a sense of relief. Uh, it's it's more fulfillment. Um, you're not you kind of expect it. I think every quarterback that wins it expects to win it. I think that's one of the the things that, as I've talked to my peers about it, that you know you just convince yourself uh, and your team um, that there is no other option but winning this game. So when it's over and you do it, you're just like, well, yeah, we expected to do it uh it's not the elation that everybody thinks it is um it's more just satisfaction satisfaction you're usually really happy for your teammates more than yourself uh and then honestly it doesn't take long before you're like okay next um that's how champions think is is no rear view mirror appreciate the moment and then move on to the next moment and uh, the next moments for the Rams are going to be challenging because of how they invested into this season and this particular game.
2: Yeah, I, I want to maybe hit that a little bit with you uh, in a bit of a page turn in a second, but lingering on Stafford, a lot of folks uh, in this past week saying that the next for him, eventually when it's all said and done, is Canton, Ohio now, because he if he got the ring, now he does. Would you think that's the case?
1: I think
5: okay. so. I think he's deserving of it. I think people are sympathetic of his Detroit years, and yet he was still highly productive. I've always put Stafford in this category. A guy that was at his best when he needed to be at his best. Like He was playing so many times from behind. He had so many of these heroic comebacks. Yes, he put his team in those positions sometimes because he tried to do too much in Detroit, but he was always one of those top five guys you wanted the ball in his hand, down four with 90 seconds to go. Uh, and he proved it. I mean, he did it. In the playoffs, and and it wasn't 90 seconds, but he did the final drive in the Super Bowl to to win the game as well. That's kind of how he's wired, uh, a lot of Favre in him. I've always felt that was the best uh, comparison. Where uh, they might make some mistake, they might make you scratch your head sometimes, but you trust them when the game's on the line, and and I think he is worthy. I think if you win a Super Bowl and you are highly productive. Uh, I'm obviously not putting myself in this category, um, but if you if you win a Super Bowl and you've been productive for a long period of time as a quarterback, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame.
2: Well, I mean, and he was handpicked uh, the minute that he decided, along with his wife, to make that maneuver to go into the Lions' front offices and say, "I want out." He was he you know less need and and Sean McVay say that's the guy, and then that's the guy that leads them to the podium, and and I guess. Now cycling back to the way you started about greatest coaching job year-to-year, post-to-post, wire-to-wire that you've seen in a while from Sean McVay, what do you mean by that?
5: Yeah, let me put a bow on the Stafford thing because something hit my brain while you were talking Go for it. There was a LeBron commercial in the midst of the Super Bowl. Old LeBron with a young LeBron Mm -hmm. on the bed, and and old LeBron says something at the very end, to be legendary, you got to bet on yourself. And I think a lot of people probably just let it go by him, but then you watch Stafford shortly after that commercial, win the Super Bowl. And it's exactly what LeBron said. I mean, in this commercial, Stafford bet on himself. He put all the chips on the table and said, I want to go win a Super Bowl, and I'm willing to take some chances here. Uh, and he did it. And I think that, you know, to your point, that's why he will be legendary and he'll be in the hall one day. Hmm. The thing with McVeigh is this. It, it, you could argue it's one of the greatest, most challenging coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. And people are going to go, what? Well, think about it. Think what him and Les Snead have done. They completely mortgaged the future, supposedly. That's the narrative the NFL has has put on them for sacrificing draft picks to get players on their roster now to then go win the game. I mean, they were ridiculed by, quote-unquote, experts in league circles. It's not the Parsillian way. It's not the Belichickian, Belichickian way. It's not the 49ers way. It's not, it wasn't the Cowboys way. Um, it's their way. And a lot of people, I mean, there was a very strong narrative when they were seven and four headed into week 13 that this was the wrong thing to do because not only are they not going to get to the Super Bowl this year, but they have no chance in years to come because they have no draft capital and everybody in the NFL everybody all your friends all my friends say the same thing oh build for the future set it up for the future why why when you have Aaron Rodgers don't you mortgage the future to get him players now or Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford there are certain moments where you're like we have a very short window here and we got to do it now and they did it they took a huge chance uh, and it worked, and there's a lot of people around league circles this morning that are pissed that it worked because their paradigm has been completely blown up. Uh, the Browns, ooh, the Browns are set up forever with all this draft capital. Yep, they're sitting at home too, and they're probably going to be sitting at home next year, and they're probably going to be sitting at home the year after that with all this draft capital. So I think that for Sean McVeigh, you know, he took a lot of criticism for that, but the hardest thing is this, the personalities. The personalities in that locker room—OBJ, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Donald, Matt, Matthew Stafford—go on and on and on. And to get all these big personalities, all the star power, to come together—and if I say this all the time, look at what they talked about when the game was over. They didn't talk about, "Oh, we had more talent." They talked about coming together, being selfless, cheering for one another, um, being happy for one another. I'm um, doing the hard little things day in and day out, the grind things, all the stuff that never gets talked about, but all the stuff that really matters. Sean McVay is the catalyst for all that. He's the one that brought them all together. He's the one that messaged it. He's the one that built the culture that OBJ can walk into as a supposedly disgruntled diva wide receiver and be everything but that. Um, like that. That is a massive, massive thing. That really, really matters. And Sean McVeigh did it. And then you gotta think about this. Go back to the to these to these coaches that won championships, Belichick, Parcells, Walsh, Jimmy Johnson. They didn't have the pressure of social media. They didn't have every single thing you do being blown up out there and, you know, 10X the drama to it because everybody's seen what's going on in your room. I mean, he's had to deal with, with a modern media machine and social media with all the negative narratives against how they're doing it, balancing all these personalities, being 7-4 and four leading the Week 13, taking all the heat, and then guess what they do? They win 9 out of 10, and they didn't do it um, glamorously. They did it gritty. And I, I, just, I think it's one of the greatest coaching jobs we've ever seen.
2: Trent Dilfer here on the Rich Eisen Show. A couple more minutes left with him. All right, Trent, let's, uh, let's go now to the Bengals' side of it. What next there? Just shore up in front, right, and just uh, keep at it. The defense was terrific. Defense has been terrific. Defense is, you know, Trey Hendrickson is a guy that many people know, and then outside of that, nothing. You know, the weapons look to be set. Burrow looks to be next level. Uh, is it as simple as that,
5: Trent? No. I don't think so, and I don't. I'm I root for them. Um, I was at one of their weddings this summer, so I have friends on that team. I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. I don't think this is going to be a team that contends every year. They play in a brutal division uh, with some of the best coaches in football. Um, They, I don't want to say luck. That'd be a terrible word. They were very fortunate to get to this game. Um, they live by the hair of their chinny chin chin. Uh, I don't think they have enough sustainable star power outside the two big ones on offense. I do think the runner's pretty darn good. Um, I, I believe consistency offensively is not through stars. It's through bigs. Um, their bigs just don't cut it. And it's not like you can just go find four new ones. Um, I think this is going to be a team that next year really struggles to get back to the playoffs. They may, because the quarterback's so good. Um, but I don't see this being a team that year in and year out, especially in that division, you just chalk them in like you do the Chiefs as a team that's going to contend for the AFC. No kidding. Yeah.
2: Damn, Trent! These people are in the—they're—they're—they're they're, they're in the, the football outhouse right now. They really feel it, right? And I, I'm walking out of that stadium. I was next to some guy. Just said to me, he "Goes, I—I I, I can't believe this happened to my team in the Super Bowl again." He goes, "I remember the last one. Now this happened again." I'm like, "Don't worry, you got Joe Burrow, but it's more than that."
5: It's way more than that. Do you think the? Do you think Baltimore's going to get worse or better? They're going to get better. Um, Pittsburgh actually will be better without Ben. Um, they're going to find a solution, a quarterback. Cleveland's hard-nosed, tough. Don't know if they're a dominant team, but they're tough. I mean, it's just a brutal division. And then you have Kansas City. They got by them once, but do you really – if they played that game ten times, and every listener right now is a Bengals fan, um, how many times you think the Chiefs win that game? I think they win it eight or nine out of ten. Uh, and the Chiefs are only going to get better. Um, the Raiders, I think, are going to get better. I-, I think there's a lot of teams in NF- AFC that are more talented and are going to get better, and it's going to be tough sledding for the Bengals.
1: All
2: right, and then last one, what, what what about next for the Rams? You already heard going into the game that McVay's kicking tires on, on maybe media. He's getting married, and Aaron Donald uh, said after the game, uh, the retirement rumors that uh, Rodney Harrison put out there on NBC, he sidestepped them. He didn't say, that's crazy. He yeah. literally said, I'm going to take some time here. Uh, what do you think about the Rams next?
5: I think the only choice is to wait and see. I mean, there's so many unknowns. Um, I do think Stafford's going to have to take less money to, if they want to keep it together. I do think you're going to have some of your stars make selfish decisions economically if they want to keep it together. Uh, and I think that's step number one for less need is start having those meetings and figuring out the future. Um, and then there's a real possibility that you may be in a, in a rebuild mode. You know that you, that some of these stars move on, um, you open up cap space and and uh, you start rebuilding. Um, uh, but they they knew that going into this thing, right? They they mortgaged the farm to win this game, and I, in my opinion, that's enough. They did it.
2: I agree. They'll just look at their they'll look at their trophy, right? As uh, as everyone's on the clock on the Thursday night uh in vegas they'll just say here's the trophy oh, oh, the the malibu sunset is gleaming off my trophy right that's basically what they say <laughs> man you know Amen. trent thanks for the time uh look for my call as we get into the talent evalu- evaluation portion of the campaign uh beyond the x's and o's pod and then of course everywhere on twitter at dilfer's dimes thanks for the call trent you're the best man
5: looking forward to it pal. have a great day
2: thank you sir trent dilfer super bowl champion right here on the rich eisen show When we come back, the wildest story of Super Bowl week that got even wilder before the Super Bowl that had nothing to do with the Super Bowl. (laughs) That's Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. That's next on The Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Back here on Peacock Sirius XM, let's go to the phone lines. Aaron in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, you're on the program. What's up, Aaron?
1: Hey, Rich. Hey, guys. Um, been a while. It's the Eat My Sweatshirt guy from uh, last
2: Hey, <laughs> what's going on? Oh, and I, If I'm not mistaken, uh, you you drive a truck, correct? Yep.
1: Um, yep, yeah, I do. I deliver. Uh, well, I deliver food um, for Eat Street in okay. Wisconsin.
2: Are you are you doing such a, a job right now as we talk? I am. Yes. Very yes. good. Um, <laughs> is it a sweaty day where you are? Because if you're going to oh, give no. me, okay, very good. Um, no, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, I did not consume anything of your clothing. You you're, <laughs> you're
1: a much smarter man than I, Rich. Okay. What
2: was this about again? I forgot what well, this was over again. Actually, what was the Oh, last year. Last
1: year, I was saying that. Um, they the Niners would not take Trey Lance; they would take Kyle Pitts.
2: Hmm. And I said they would. I would uh, eat a sweatshirt. There you go. And they actually made. Uh, and who do they actually select? Well, we already know. All right. Oh, so yeah, I, I, it. Exp- <laughs> I don't mean I shouldn't spike the football on, on you, sir. So what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Um,
1: so I have another far-fetched conspiracy theory here. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so the blueprint for the last two years has been um, go out and upgrade a quarterback and sign some other free agents and then win the Super Bowl in your your own stadium. Um, and so, seeing as Kyler Murray has scrubbed his uh, social media, mm. and at the same time that Aaron Rodgers was in Scottsdale playing a golf tournament, I think that the Packers may tag Devonte Adams and trade Rodgers and Devonte for Kyler and a bunch of picks, and then Ooh. Arizona wins the Super Bowl with Rodgers and Devonte and DeAndre Ugh. Hopkins and all those guys.
2: <laughs> mm. Mm. How about that? You know what? I, I I can't say never say never. Um you know, but never. I can't go Tomlin. Um I I will just I'll go Brady. I'll just say the never say never at this point. That's that's a highly unlikely scenario because yeah. Rodgers and the Cardinals would have to um, uh, you know, strike a deal with the Packers for that to happen. I don't think the Packers in any way, shape or form, if Rogers does decide that he wants to go, they that 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 they'll tell Aaron choose choose a spot in the AFC, okay? Yeah, you no, you're right. I, you I, know,
1: I, 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 as a Packer fan, I, I am guessing and hoping that they are going to sign Rodgers and Adams, but I was like, well, that's not fun for talk radio. So
2: <laughs> appreciate. Well, I did see Devontae Adams the other night um, at a courtyard event. He seemed very happy um, and Good. and chill. You know, that's the only way to put it. I didn't even mention Aaron Rodgers to him, but he did seem to be a very very happy camper. Uh, well, very upset about missing the Super Bowl. Thank you for the call. He did say at one point, man, we beat both these teams. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> they did indeed, by the way. Handily, they beat the Rams. The Bengals, they had to go to overtime to win. Eight four four two zero four. rich Number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Just a great chat in our uh, previous uh, moments ago with uh, our friend Aaron from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, who once called up uh, and said he would uh, that the uh, Niners would take kyle pence over a quarterback and they uh i I said i would eat one of his uh i would consume a sweatshirt that he was driving around his truck in Mm
1: -hmm.
2: i didn't consume a darn thing (laughs) it wasn't just a
4: sweatshirt it was like he'd been sweating in it It, it It oh like 10 12 15 hours i put a lot on the line
2: yeah 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 i just didn't think it would be possible so every super bowl week um we come out of it just thinking about the whole week together right And um, the hype for one team usually goes through the roof. Um, And when that team that does get the hype most loses and we just drop them like a hot potato, like, say, the Cincinnati Bengals, (laughs) that's basically what happens when you lose a Super Bowl. Then you go back throughout the week and you're like, yeah, we did talk a lot about that. And you assess a lot of things that did happen. And then there's usually one story that stands out and say, what the hell was that all about? And sometimes that story keeps going on and on and on. And it appears we have this year's candidate for that. It was one week ago at this moment, I think. Dan Patrick was on the set at this very moment. One week ago at this very moment. When you're like, hey, Rich, something's going on with Kyler Murray's Instagram. And it was Kyler removing every photograph from his Instagram and the Cardinals from his bio. And leaving up just two photographs. One of him with fellow... Oklahoma sooner, CD lamb celebrating in a pro bowl. And then him as a college player, everything else gone. And it was just like, what's up with that? What's up with that? And then it was just like, what's up with that? I mean, and you can't, and it's just gotta be about the money. It's gotta be about money. He wants a new contract. Now he doesn't want to wait another year. He wants it now. Cause whenever, you know, what, nature abhors a vacuum, so we, uh, we fill it with what we think it is, and usually that vacuum's filled with money. And his agent says no comment when asked for comment, just lets the whole Instagram cleansing stand. You know, obviously the way that the seasons have ended have been terrible. They were the last remaining undefeated team this year. You know? And they were were two games up on the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams. And got absolutely smoked out of the playoffs by the Rams. It was an embarrassing performance. Embarrassing on every stretch. It was just not even close. That thing was a wrap from the moment Stafford and the Rams came out of the tunnel. And then the Cardinals' Instagram tried to have some fun with it. Whichever millennial ran this one up the flagpole. Because this wasn't just done. uh, uh, This wasn't going rogue. This had to have been approved by somebody. It was tremendous. So the Cardinals then took everything off the page that they had and kept up the same Pro Bowl photograph that that, that, uh, Murray had put up. But instead of the shot of Murray as a Sooner, they replaced it with Murray as a Cardinal smiling, you know, like because he's draft one night. of theirs. That's draft that's night. Draft, that's draft night, right? They have since put
3: everything back. Yeah, everything's back on the Cardinals Instagram.
2: And so, you know, ha-ha, you know, we even said that that was what you said, you TJ, you, you appreciated it for the trolling level, right? Yeah, that was great. And I'm like, well, it's not just trolling level. It's kind of like wink and a nod. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, we Nothing think you're here. great. <laughs> Nothing to see here. We're just having fun with it. And... Until somebody said something to Chris Mortensen that Chris decided to tweet because I'm sure it was told that it was accurate and he went ahead and did it. Chris Mortensen tweets out, Super Bowl morning. The odd vibe between the Cardinals and Kyler Murray is indeed alarming. Murray is described as self centered, immature, and finger pointer per sources. It's a hell of a per source. Murray is frustrated with franchise and was embarrassed by playoff loss to Rams and thinks he's being framed as the scapegoat. Then in the thread, where's it headed? Despite the acrimony, the Cardinals expect things to calm down and Murray is their QB. Select veterans hope to reach Murray on how he handle adversity better. Cliff, Coach Cliff Kingsbury also is self-scouting where he can provide better alternatives for QB. Well, that's a hefty meal right there. And it led the Cardinals to put out a statement on Super Sunday. Nothing has changed regarding our opinion and high regard for Kyler Murray. We as a team and Kyler individually have improved each year he's been in the league. We are conti- excited to continue that improvement in 2022 and are excited that Kyler Murray is the quarterback leading us. I've been around the block, this National Football League block. Let me tell you what, folks. I've covered 19 of these Super Bowls. 19 of them. Coming up on my 20th season. And I'll tell you what. This thing is far from over. <laughs> if everybody there thinks they put this thing back in the bottle, you are mistaken. If, if Kyler Murray is indeed, as Chris Mortensen described, per source... Somebody's per sources, telling Chris, that's got to come from within the house in Arizona. And Kyler Murray is sitting around thinking, who is talking to Chris Mortensen about that? Who is it? Who's looking at me saying I'm immature and a finger pointer? And I'll tell you what, sometimes Kyler comes off of the the, uh, the field after he's been sacked or he's been hit or he's thrown something incomplete because he's been rushed or he's rushed to throw and his body language quota i have to say you know on occasion his body language makes jay cutler look like a (laughs) happy camper (laughs) and he doesn't seem to hide it so when you hear this sort of stuff it kind of does actually fit what you see sometimes it does fit what you see sometimes But if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm like, who is saying that? Is it the coach? Is it the GM? Is it the owner? Who is that saying that veterans are trying to tell him how to better handle things? But the coach is self-scouting, everybody. Coach is self-scouting to give him better options. Like who? DeAndre Hopkins? A.J. Green? Zach Ertz? Uh, uh, James Conner? Those seem like Super Bowl-type options to me. And that might be the scapegoating, he feels. So somebody is jibber-jabbering. I told you. What did I tell you about this league? Everybody what talks. What have I told you? Everybody talks. And Chris Mortensen felt very, very safe and hit and send on that. This is so far from over. This is, uh, mark my words, far from over. New league year, a month from now, and this thing may go quiet and dark over the next two, three weeks. Don't buy it, folks. There's something up. Now, when it's all said and done, he does have contract years, and is he going to show up or not? Because the Cardinals will have the leverage. Just ask Aaron Rodgers who has leverage in these types of things and who then eventually shows up. So they're going to have to either show him the money or show him who's jibber-jabbering. They put this in the bottle shortly. Because this thing's going to keep going on in the meantime. Put up that tweet one more time. Just think about it. You're Kyler Murray, and you see on Super Sunday what's going on. And that means Mort went to somebody on his side. He's frustrated with the franchise. and You should be embarrassed. That was an embarrassing loss. Thinks he's being framed as a scapegoat. I don't know. I'll be honest. Who was the scapegoat coming out of that? I think Kingsbury took it. though. he took he took the he took the biggest broadside. People were wondering if he's going to even have a job. You came in here talking about a tweet, and you had all of the 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 um, season long. I mean, a season in and out oh, of his, his profe- of his college yeah. days to yeah. the professional years of the way that it's been a collapse one after the other after yeah. the other from midseason on. I thought Kingsbury took it in the chops. I didn't come out of that building thinking Kyler Murray stinks. Mm-hmm. Well, he stunk on that game. But he, yeah. but did it was, pretty was bad. Let me tell you bad. something. Let me tell you something in case anybody thinks I'm a Kyler hater. Based on what I'm saying right here, that guy was running for his life, from jump, mm-hmm. and there was one part, one moment where 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 Christian Kirk was free. And the fact that he almost hit him, I mean, it was an incredibly difficult throw because he's running to the right, and Kirk is running from his right to the left across the hashes, and he damn near hit him. I mean, the fact that that ball was even launched in the air from that slight body, 50, 60 yards in the air, the guy has got a cannon arm. Cannon. And he is fast, and he is really good. So I don't think anybody came out of that thinking Kyler Murray's not very good. I think people came out and saying something's missing and the coach is not dialing it up right here. But for sure, if Kyler Murray is a guy who's now scrubbing his Instagram account and then he sees on Twitter people talking to Mort and saying this, but his body language does stink sometimes.
1: And you know whose does it.
2: The guy who just lost the Super Bowl, that guy, that first overall pick, doesn't seem to be finger pointing. He never comes off the field with bad body language or barking or anything. So maybe everybody does need to self-scout, go back to their corners, and then come back together because they are attached to the contractual hip unless somebody is going to demand out and make it uglier.